You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. Let's open in our Bibles. I'm going to ask you to open to two places. So the first one, so you can put your finger there and go to the second one. The first one is going to be 1 Chronicles chapter 11. 1 Chronicles chapter 11, or you can put the church bulletin or a paper in there. We're going to start actually in 2 Samuel chapter 23. But I want to read these two passages together. They, they are related. They're in the same story. Glad to be in a church where people are doing things, and there's still a need for more people. Amen. Amen. And uh, we were we were watching some of the announcements up on the wall as we came in, and there's a um, there's a planned meeting I think for about the bus ministry, and I want to speak to you tonight about ministry what it is and and things. I don't think that I'm going to tell you something new, but but here's the thing I discovered over the years in preaching and being in churches. Sometimes the pastor will stand up here and and he preaches his heart out and he speaks and he he tells you things from God's word. And, And then somebody comes and asks him a question about the exact very thing that he preached about. And he's kind of wondering, he's like, well, isn't that what I just talked about today? You know, not that you forgot it from last Sunday or from last Wednesday or something. We, we covered that like 15 minutes ago. And uh, I, that's a terrible feeling for the pastor to think that maybe somehow he miscommunicated or, or he thought he got the thought across and then somebody comes up with something like that. And so... Um, I'm just going to be a different guy saying some of the same things. But I want to speak about some things that I've heard since I've been here. And I I confess, I was that guy asking the preacher Wednesday night, is this and this and this? And I was asking him things. He said, maybe I didn't communicate that well. I said, I I don't know. I, I heard him. I heard him preach last Sunday, especially about disciples. And I, I was wanting to come up here and stand beside him. I suppose I had my own things that I wanted to say. I I was talking with Heath this week and disciples, you know, being a disciple of Christ is is an honorable thing, amen? It is something that we should all be. But what I find is is that disciples, sometimes we, we do discipling different from how we find it in God's word. And the disciple, that's the follower of Christ, amen? He just pays attention to everything that that guy says and then he does what he says, he, he reacts to what he says, he supports what he says. That's the disciple, it's the, it's the follower. But some people, they kind of treat it as a disciple. Dis is a good word from like the 80s or something. Yeah, don't diss me, man. What is that? That's disrespecting. 
And some people, as they follow Christ, they are disciples. Like, I heard the sermon, but that, that really isn't my style. That isn't really my thing. I'm going to do it my own way. And I suppose that's okay. That just doesn't seem like it's a disciple. That's a disciple. Get where I'm going? Amen? Sometimes I think we need to pronounce the word a different way, and it would more reflect, I think, what the, what the Bible text is showing us. And instead of saying disciple, it should be a disciple. Like, what he's saying and what he's doing and what he's asking me to do, I'd die for that. I'm going to strive to be a disciple. And um, that, that touches a little bit about what we're going to read about here tonight. Now, that I'm just going to use the, the text here as we start, just as a, as a place to begin. It was a different time there with Israel... David has come in uh, to the office of king. Of course, he's king under whom? He's king under God. But uh, for the children of Israel, they said, we need to have a king. We want to be like everybody else. Why in the world would we want to be like everybody else, understanding that God's judgment is pronounced on them? God's promised to chase them with hornets. That was a surprise. So we were here for the Bible rally and leading up to the Bible rally, you're supposed to take the flyers out and deliver them to homes. And uh, you know, that Saturday it rained like everything, it was crazy. And so we went back out on Tuesday night to try to give people time to learn about that. And as we were walking around the houses, we saw this thing, it was sort of like a wasp, but it was like this big. Say again? Probably. That's what it looked like, one of those hornets that they talk about in the news that it'll come and get you. <laughs> All I can think about the, is those Tom and Jerry cartoons where the bee kind of like flies backwards and Tom and Jerry are running, that bee is zzz, zzz, zzz. And we saw those when we were out handing out the flyers. But God pronounced on the Canaanites there that he was going to chase them with hornets, that he was going to get them out of the land and make room for his people Israel. And he brought Israel in there and, and he even indulged their request to have a king and Saul was king there. He wasn't the best king. And then David comes into his place and we pick up the story then here early in David's kingdom in 2 Timothy chapter 23. And we'll begin reading there in verse number 8. And it says, These be the names of the mighty men whom David had. The Tachmanite that sat in the seat. What's that next word? Chief. Chief among the captains. The same was Adino the Esnite. He lift up his spear against 800 whom he slew at one time. Now here's where I don't want us to get distracted. Don't pay attention to what it is that they were doing to be great because they were killing people. <laughs> like I said, it was a different time. However, there is a tie to our current time, and that is, is that we are in spiritual warfare. Amen? Are you involved in it? We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against 
principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Verse 9. And after him was Eleazar the son of Dodo the Ahohai, one of the three mighty men which David, with David, when he defied the Philistines that were gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away, he arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary, and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. Now pay attention to who wrought the victory. Who wrought the victory? The Lord. These guys had to go do the fighting, but it was the Lord who brought the victory to them, and they were very respectful of that. They were honoring that. They left it in the text that, hey, we were part of this, but we weren't the reason for the victory. The reason for the victory was God himself. Verse number 11, and after him was Shammah, the son of Ag the Hararite, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils, and the people fled from the Philistines. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it. Now we could park there and preach a while, amen? Stand your ground, Christian. Amen? There's a lot of times they want us to be quiet and go away and all that. I'm going to go away. Just as soon as Jesus gets me out of here, you'll be free. But until then, listen up. But he stood in the midst of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines, and the Lord wrought a great victory. Notice again, who did the victory? Who brought it about? It was the Lord. Amen. Look at 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. First Chronicles chapter 11 and verse 9, it says, So David waxed greater and greater, for the Lord of hosts was with him. These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom and with all Israel to make him king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. These fellas, they, they got a name because of the things that they did, but they got a name partly because at the time Israel enjoyed great victories. And they were involved in those victories, and it was notable the things that they did, the works that they did, but they still said the Lord was the one that got them the victory. Down in verse 14 it says, the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. Now my attention tonight is not on the fighting there of killing people and everything else. This is a different day and age. And uh, if you look around and if somebody is for somebody's death, you can probably figure the devil's behind it. It's terrible what's happening in Afghanistan these last two weeks and people are dying there. Well, guess who's happy about that? It's the devil. But look around. You can see whole religions that are dedicated to death and the death of humans. And the devil's behind it. Why? Because the soul is precious. 
And the soul being precious requires something of Christians that I do want to speak about tonight, and that is, is our ministry. What is ministry? Because those souls are precious, what is it that we do in relation to them to bring that precious thing as a gift to the Lord? By the way, Brother Chad, I need to correct something tonight. It's not doctrinal in nature. It's just a thing that's bugged me all of my life since my preacher, and he's with the Lord now, he knows better, but all the illustrations that he gave were Johnny and Susie. And my wife doesn't like for it to be brought up that Susie and Johnny were together. And there's been so many illustrations where it was Johnny who got in trouble. Thank you for that. We're changing that tonight to Chad and Sally. <laughs> Before I pray, uh, I, I ask if you'd indulge me for just a second. Uh, I, I believe our church has deacons. Deacons, would you please stand? If you would just indulge me. Are there other deacons here? Okay, thank you. You may be seated. I wanted to know who you were. These are the men standing with Pastor. These are the, these are the fellows that are standing there holding up his hands as he ministers and tries to do this thing that we're talking about ministry in the ministry of bringing souls to Christ but the ministry is wider than these three men. And the ministry needs to include you. It may not be the full-time gospel ministry that, that we look and see Pastor Jet fulfilling here, but God has called all believers to do something. And I want to speak about that this evening. Let's pray. Lord, I very much need for your help, Lord. We started with some serious things here and some serious things have already been said. And Lord, we thank you for the Bible script here that we can go back to it and refer to it and refresh our memory and remind ourselves. And Lord, I pray that you might remind us tonight that you've called each of us to serve you and to serve those around us, Lord, and help us to um, be faithful in those ministries, to be faithful in the spread of the gospel. Lord, I pray that you might help me to serve tonight in this opportunity that I have here. Lord, help me to fill it, bring honor and glory to you, and be helpful to this people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be just very plain spoken tonight. We don't have to be long. Um, we are good students, and we've all heard this before, so we just get to rehear it. Amen? Practice it, rehearse it in our hearts, but then ask ourselves the hard questions at the end about what am I doing? Ministry itself is doing. It is what one does in service to others. Now in the New Testament we have a couple of commandments. The first commandment is what? To love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen? And we got all we can do just to try to measure up to that, day by day. That is the first 
New Testament commandment. The second New Testament commandment, interestingly enough, is directed at relationships with people. If you notice there, it says it is to love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of times uh, we make the mistake of thinking that ministry is just doing something that we can call religious rather than doing something that is loving someone else before we love ourselves in an attempt to get that soul to Christ. Now that's the, that's the long full meaning of a servant or ministry here in the context of the New Testament, the, the second New Testament law, loving others as we love ourselves. Do you enjoy being saved? Amen. Amen. We should. Guess what? Others would enjoy it too. Amen. And so our ministry as, as a church is to spread the gospel, but these commandments were given to us individually. We obey them individually. Amen. That these things that we endeavor to do, this is ministry, and this is not just a, forgive me if these words are, are effortless, but there are an, enough people in this world, you see them, that they come and they take something of, of a, what they consider a religious act, and, and they do it, kind of like Brother Chad was showing this morning with a rock, right? What God does with our sins, he throws them out there, but... With our service, we take some, some religious act and we chuck it out there into the cosmos and thinking, wow, I did good today. That's not what ministry is. Ministry in the context of the New Testament is loving others as we love ourselves and, and doing those things that would serve them understanding that that is under the first commandment of loving the Lord with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that, that this ministry is not just a work that we do, but that it is part of us and our human relationships where we try to get the gospel to someone or we try to get them to grow after they have received the gospel. The first commandment, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. That's from Matthew chapter 22. The second commandment, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Ministry is the service in good works that is often spoken about in the New Testament. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23, it says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. When can you do that? Pretty well any time you feel like, amen? I had a client not too long ago. He presented me with a difficult question, and I didn't know how to answer it. And I... <laughs> This is going to sound pharisaical. I don't mean for it to sound that way, but I didn't know how to answer, and I just thought, man, I'm going to have to pray on this, but I evidently said it out loud. 
and he scoffed, pray about it. Guess what? God gave an answer. It's a small pithy opportunity to say, well, I do serve the Lord and we do interact and I pray and he gives me answers at times when I need them. Uh, but I, I've been praying, Lord, I, I want a way to, to, to speak to these people in the context of the work that I have to do with them to somehow let them know that Jesus saves something. There are a couple of guys that started a restaurant. I was intrigued to learn the name of that restaurant. It was called Dwarf Grill. Truett and Ben, a couple of good guys. But they'd grown up in church. They went to church every Sunday, but they had a desire to start this restaurant. They started this restaurant. It has become a large national chain but it's no longer called Dwarf Grill. You know that because there is no Dwarf Grill in town. Eh? <laughs> but you know what? As, as part of their work, they determined, we don't want to leave the Lord out of what it is that we are doing. And so on the, on the items that they were using, I noted that I assume they still do. They have scriptures printed on their napkins and cups. It's no longer called Dwarf Grill, it's Chick-fil-A. And they're closed on Sunday. And God blesses them with so much business the other six days they always run a profit. But they said this is, this is a, a thing that we can do but guess what, this, this um, idea that we can serve and honor the Lord took on a bigger meaning for them in that they're in, in the restaurants that they teach people how to serve others. And it's on the example of Christ. Have you ever noticed that when you tell them thank you, they say, they don't say you're welcome, they say it was what? My pleasure. That is them saying, I served you and I was glad to do it. I ministered to you, I was happy in it. Now, they're not always happy when they say that, but they have perfected saying, oh, my pleasure. <laughs> Our first ministry, of course, should be about the gospel, just getting the gospel out to people, letting people know that Jesus saves. Amen? All of us have, can have that ministry. If, if a person can be saved, and we know that, that there are a number of things that can happen to the human body that makes them incapable of sundry physical works, but if they're capable of being saved, they are capable of ministry. And this uh, first part of ministry is just letting people know that Jesus saves. How do we let people know? Well, Paul did it by just giving them his own testimony. He stood before the king. I got to stand in that spot here about four years ago, the spot where Paul stood before King Agrippa and gave answer for himself. It's kind of an intimidating place. It's in an amphitheater. It's very steep, and the king would have been sitting up there, so it's not like you're eye level with him or anything like that. 
you feel very small, especially figuring that guy's probably sitting up there on his throne and he's got the, your fate in, in the power of his tongue. Our first position or first place in ministry should be to the gospel and, and giving out the gospel. But after that, we do know that God has given us certain talents or in the vernacular, they say things that turn your crank. There are things that you're interested in doing. There are things that motivate you and you can use that to serve others. It's different ways, there are different things. I'm not going to limit what you can do, but um, there was a fellow here just, uh, let's see, not last Wednesday, but a week ago Wednesday, um, Brother Festus. He comes down in the summer over to By Rapid City, I can't remember the name of the place, but he makes ropes and he tells people that Jesus saves and he gets to do that and he told me the money that he makes and he gets to stand out there and witness to people all day and, and he's just thrilled that he gets paid to share the gospel with people every day. And he has that as a ministry and he uses that as a way to fulfill the second commandment there, serving the Lord in the first commandment there but also using the talents that God has given to him and so there are things that he does and he supports his family and all of that, but he does that out of ministry. There are certain things. How, how can we use it to, to witness? How can we use it to speak to people? And we don't always know the answer of that. Sometimes the Lord just drops us into a situation and, and just to see what will we do? Will we honor him? without opportunity or do we kind of duck out and we'll try again a different time and how many times have you come into an interaction and then you walk away and you're like man I could have said this I should have said that and I, I wish and you know I'm not putting anybody down for what you are trying to do for the Lord but I bet there's more that we can do I bet there is more that we can accomplish. And, and so many times there are things that, that hinder us from these things. And there's, when we got saved, the Lord removed all hindrances to ministry. <laughs> Amen. He took our sins all the way. He gave us power from on high. Um, and we just need to use that to serve the Lord. And I heard preachers speaking um, Wednesday night. And I was intrigued about something that he said, and I asked him about it. He said, no, there's, there's no real limit on that. I don't, we're ready to do it. I said, okay, great. You know, a lot of times people think there are limits on ministry. And uh, I'll tell you, if in the context of the church you, you want to do something, I'm going to tell you the mindset of the pastor. He's going to look to see how faithful you are to services before he says, uh, here, take over this or take over that. But just because the pastor doesn't give you a ministry doesn't mean that you don't have one. Uh, that's kind of one of the excuses that comes up, uh, objections, why they don't have a ministry. Uh, some say, oh, I don't know what to do or how to do it or... I don't have a ministry, but you know what? Giving out the gospel 
is, it's just part of the Great Commission. That is a ministry that every one of us may do. May as in we have permission. It's, a, it's something that every one of us can do. Because we have the great invention, the printing press. We can, we can take tracts and, and those, those uh, flyers with a hole in it. You can hook that on a door or something or on a windshield. <laughs> Brother John, that's not what they're for. You use them for what you want to use them for. Amen? By the way... When you proclaim the work of the gospel in your own life, saying, you know, I used to think that, but this is how the Lord changed my thoughts. This is how the Lord changed my life. That is a way that you can bring something into the conversation that, frankly, those people can't really argue with because it's your own personal experience with the Lord. Have you ever noticed, like, if you go out door knocking or just meeting people on the street, they, they want to argue, is the Bible true? Did this happen? This? Well, my experience is we can use the same thing, amen? Well, my experience is Jesus saves. <laughs> my experience is, is the instruction that I get at my church helps me in my daily life and in my relationship with the Lord. That's what my experience is. You can give your testimony the same way that Paul did. Some people object to ministry. Oh, I don't have time. Shazam, Sam, I got 168 hours in my week. Did you get less? You know, you, you plan for the things that you're committed to. And I want to speak about this commitment for just a minute. I, I touched on it, but I, I want to touch on it more. Because if, if you're looking at ministries around the church and, and the pastor's kind of looking to see, are you in church? And you aren't, but you desire a particular ministry. He's going to wonder about your commitment to this ministry, which in turn genders a question, why put you in that ministry if you're not committed to it? And yes, some of the things that we do are an outward show of what's going on inside of us. But that, that, that outward show is important. For instance, just the fact that faithfulness shows your commitment to the ministry here. Oh, oh they shouldn't take that as that. Well, you know... What's my wife going to think if I only come home six nights of the week? Oh, it's, it's not that big of a deal. So I go out and party with my friends one night. and I still go to work five days a week. I still earn a living. I still take care of my family. Yeah, but it's that one night a week. In our former church where we were, we had what do we called one service ministries, two service ministries, and three service ministries. Guess what? Pastoring is a three service ministry. You might not think about it, but I expect him to be here Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Now I gave him tonight off, amen? 
He's taking care of business. But think about it. If, if, if he's off and uh, he's out and he's not fulfilling his pastoral role here, we start to wonder, how committed is he to Eastside Baptist Church? And I, I'm not calling into question Brother Jett's commitment here. I'm not doing that. I'm calling into question your commitment. I'll just throw that bomb out there, okay? <laughs> oh, where were you last Wednesday? Oh, I had some fishing to do. You know, those deer are really getting really out of my property. I had to go kill one. The, these in particular are Montana, where I was, uh, excuses. <laughs> we, we heard similar things in the Bible. Oh, I, I have these oxen. I've got to prove them. Oh, I married a wife. We need to go on a honeymoon. Oh, I got this. And you start finding out these other things that start to take up people's time. I tell you what, if you don't have time, you can replan your time. And some of our time that should be on the calendar is being faithful in God's house, if for nothing else than just to encourage one another. I am glad to see you here this evening. I'm glad that you came just out of obedience of the Lord because I know you didn't come to hear me. And that's okay. That's not why you're supposed to come. But we are here to encourage one another. And, and where did you get that, Brother John? Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. One of those good works is just showing up. Amen. It's easy enough to do. It takes a little bit of time out of your schedule, but no problem. Let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. You know what that is? That's cheering one another on. Man, I, I want all of you to do well in serving the Lord. If that means that at the job you suffer a little bit, I'm okay with you suffering at your job a little bit if God gets the glory for what you are doing in ministry to Him. But exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is that? D-Day? That's Jesus' coming again day, Amen. Man, we should be cheering one another on. Hey, go. Brother Ruckman's going to Africa. Yes. Find that land. Find that house. Establish those ministries forward. You know, we should look at our missionaries. And not because they want to be lifted up. I, I tell you what, missionaries, they're like Hollywood stars. And, and if you don't keep your head on straight, you will get messed up by fame in church you get lifted up you think I'm somebody because look at me I'm Mr. Missionary but they are somebody to look up to for their dedication to the Lord that they're dedicated to this ministry thing of giving the gospel they're dedicated to that 
And they're dedicated to this second thing of serving people so that they will hear the gospel. And so in that, we should look to them, not, not to make them prideful or anything like that, but to take an example of, of things that we can do. Did you know that, that the missionaries, when they go to the mission field, they don't make the excuse, well, I can't do that because there's no church here. They minister anyway. Do you minister anyway? I don't have a place. Do you have a kitchen table? You have a living room? Man, one time we were sitting down in the living room. I'm doing a lesson on, on, uh, on baptism for one fella, and the fella next to him says, Brother John, can, I, um, can we stop for just a minute? Yeah, his name was Helping Star. What a cool name, huh? <laughs> Helping Star says, uh, Brother John, can we stop for just a second? There's a problem. There's a problem. We're teaching on baptism. I've done it lots of times. There's no problem here. He says, there's one problem. I'm not saved. Oh, yeah, we can stop the lesson for that, amen. <laughs> and he got saved there in the front room. It wasn't at the altar. People have gotten saved in their cars. They've gotten saved at the restaurant. They've gotten saved in the office. They've gotten saved different places because people weren't afraid to minister in those places and they didn't think, oh, I can only do this in the church. No, take your ministry outside the church. Jesus says, go get them. He doesn't say, wait for them to come to you. He says, go get them. By the way, not all ministry is done with within the confines of our church building or even in the context of the church. Can you imagine Jesus? He's kind of looking at earth and he's like, well, there's no church. I, I can't go heal people. Guess I can't die. There's no church there. Can't redeem mankind from his sin because there's no place to do that. Hey, a place will figure itself out, amen? Well, what we've got to do is have the faith which is the belief that we can go do this thing and that the Lord will bless it as those men did. They went and fought, but the Lord wrought the victory. And uh, there's meetings, I saw in the, in, the, in the announcements and things, some meetings that are planned and it's a call out. Who's interested to do this thing? Who, who will help in this ministry? I was, I want to choose my words wisely here. You remember the Bible rally that we had? We just, by the time that we had the rally, we'd only been in town about a month. So there were announcements. As soon as we got here, there were starting to be announcements about the Bible rally. And I, I saw that thing developing and I wondered who would be there. And I didn't, I didn't know. New place. And man, I was encouraged to see all of these people show up. Hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I didn't know that Christian face painting was a thing. (laughs) 
And then Colin went and got his face painted. He totally freaked me out. Because when he closed his eyes, there were still eyes there. I'm like, man, you got to do something with that. But I was encouraged. I thought, wow, there's people there that love the Lord. They're going to come and serve our community. Amen. It was a one-off. That was a month ago. What are we doing now? I'm not picking on anybody. I'm asking the question so that you can ask yourself, what am I going to do now? We don't have a Bible rally planned. What am I going to do now? It's, it's this much time until this thing takes place. It's this much time until that thing takes place. Other objections to the ministry, the preacher didn't give me anything to do. I had a pastor tell me earlier this year, I was counseling with him about some things going on in my life. He said this, he said, just go somewhere and do something and there will be a place for you. <laughs> Amen, just, just go serve. We're a lot of, we a lot of times we're, we're concerned, is the pastor going to take notice or is so-and-so going to take notice if I do this for the Lord? Hey, the Lord's going to take notice, amen? amen? And he's the one keeping count. You kind of want him to notice. Don't put the blame on someone else for... I'm going to say it. You've got to love the pastor. You don't have to love me. Amen. Who do you blame for your lack of service? Well, Brother John, I do this. I do that. I do these. You don't have to prove it to me. You've got the Holy Spirit. And there are times when the Holy Spirit is... And we pull the... Pull the curtains too and like, shh, maybe he won't notice that we're home. We are responsible for those decisions. And, and the Lord, I, I believe, I believe that he would lead us into ministry. In, in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3 it says, Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. If you want to serve the Lord... Just start to do something and the Lord will guide you in that thing, what he wants you to do. Just be obedient to him. The answer is always being obedient to the Lord. Amen? You want to do something? Just go do it. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I don't have the pastor's permission. If, if it's a thing of ministry where God gets the glory and people get the gospel, don't worry about the pastor's permission. Am I telling you ignore the pastor's permission? No, I'm not. He is put in charge around Eastside Baptist Church to take care that things are done properly and in orderly manner. Amen. Something that would bring honor and glory to the Lord. But there are many things. There, there is so many more people here than he could micromanage. It's not his job. It's God's job. Amen. And if God's laid something on your heart, just go do it. If the Lord wants to bring that into the church, he'll bring that into the church and he'll bring that to the pastor's attention and it'll be made part of the ministries of Eastside Baptist Church. But honestly, if the Lord's laid it on your heart, 
it's more important that you go do that. Why? Because ministry is doing. How do you get into a place of ministry? Well, you volunteer. You do like Isaiah said, here am I, send me. There's much more that I could say, many other scriptures we could look at. I, I don't want to belabor this. Does God want you to serve? So let me make this easy for you. Does God want John Spillman to serve? What's your answer? Thank you. Does God want Heath Chambers to serve? Amen. I'm going to do it. Does God want Chad to serve? I mean, look at the guy. Does God want Chad to serve? It's neat when we can point around and, <laughs> yeah, God wants you to serve, buddy. You better get to it. <laughs> Does God want you to serve? Let me ask you something here. Does our church have a jail ministry? How many of you know our church has a jail ministry? Raise your hand. You do know that. Okay. Why do we have a jail ministry? It's because Brother Doug gets in his car, he goes down to the jail, and he witnesses to people and wins them to the Lord. Amen? Because he does it. Does our church have a ministry, I don't know, to, I think I heard something this morning, widows and widowers, do we have a ministry to them? How many of us know that there's a ministry to them? Why do, why do we have that ministry? It's because somebody does that. See how this works? Man, I want to go to church where there's ministries and things are happening. <laughs> You're going to have to make it happen in order for the church to have that ministry. Do we have a discipling ministry? I need, I need your input. Do we? Yeah, you know that we have a discipling ministry? Why is that? Because we've seen people come up here and get their certificates of completion and their teachers handed it to them. So there's somebody doing that. One of the, one of the, the announcements up on the wall tonight, we need to ask ourselves... And I'm not, I'm not trying to replace the Holy Spirit. I, I want to try to come and just parallel things that I'm sure that he is doing in your life. But let me ask you this. Does our church have a bus ministry? How many of us know that our church has a bus ministry? Do we have a bus ministry? There's buses. I'm sure there's people that need a ride, but does our church have a bus ministry? 
That's what the announcement was about. We need somebody to do that so we can say, yeah, we have a bus ministry. Amen? I'm not replacing the Holy Spirit. You need to answer the Holy Spirit the same way. If you think our church needs to have a thus and such, fill in the blank ministry. The Lord may be working on you to be that person to have that ministry. I don't think that there's a Domino's ministry or a bingo ministry or something like that, but I am sure that the Holy Spirit is much better than me giving you ideas of things that you could do to serve Him. Something that the Lord has laid on your heart, and I believe that the Lord has done that. And I want us now just to all stand and bow our heads, close our eyes, and be thinking about this thing and saying, we've been confronted with some hard truths tonight. Does the Lord want us to minister? He, he most definitely does. He sent us out for these good works. I didn't get to these verses, but, you know, Isaiah said, here am I, send me. It says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And David understood this. He said in, in, in Psalm chapter 51, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. The Lord wants us to serve. I don't know how he wants you to serve, but I know that he wants you to serve. And if you believe that he wants you to serve and you want him to use you in that service to, as it says there in the Bible scripture, to rot a great victory, I just invite you to come down during the invitation time. Brother Sam will be singing in just a minute. And come down and dedicate yourself to that ministry and say, you know, I, I, I know the Lord's been working on me to do this. And I'm just going to give myself and say, okay, Lord, do it. I don't have these other excuses. I'm not going to take excuses. I am going to find the time. I'm just going to be ready to do those good works that I was made for as a child of God. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for the opportunity to speak here this evening. Lord, I know that you are working in hearts about our ministry and our service to you. And Lord, it speaks about us cheering one another on. The, the sooner or the more that we see the day of Jesus Christ approaching, that we need to exhort one another and to provoke unto love and to good works. And Lord, I, I hope that I've provoked tonight to ministry, Lord, not to replace the work that you are doing, but to call attention to it and say, now's the time to give in to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you bless in this invitation time now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.